This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. The TalkSport Fan Network is probably supported by Mick Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mick Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Some people don't understand why you've already busted out the sweaters. They may raise a brow at keeping scarecrows out year-round, but you just go ahead. Let them stare, because you eat, sleep, and drink pumpkin at Dunkin'. So sip your classic spiced and iced $3 medium pumpkin spice signature latte, or try the bold pumpkin cream cold brew, an ultra-smooth brew topped with pumpkin cream cold foam. Also $3 for a medium. All so you can fall harder. America runs on Dunkin'. Participation may vary. Limited time offer. Terms apply. Welcome back to the Cottage Talk post-match show. I'm Russ Goldman. Joining me right now is Emilio Donnell and Max Cohen. This episode, we're going to be talking about Fulham's 2-2 draw against West Bromwich Albion, which is a disappointing result for Fulham. We'll go through all that and definitely want everyone's feedback on this because later on in the show, we're going to be asking the question, do you think Fulham can survive or has this match convinced you that they're going to get relegated? That'll be the second half of the show. The first half of the show is really going to be about the match. So I know we all have a lot to say about this, so I'm not going to waste any time. Let's go to Mad Max's thoughts on, on this match. Max, over to you. Give me your opening thoughts on what we watched yesterday. Yeah, it was the biggest step we've taken towards relegation all season. Mm-hmm. And it was depressing in the way that many kind of saw it coming, you know, even though I was here on the preview show and, and predicted a Fulham win. It, it reminded me so much of the Brighton game in the way I felt afterwards, in the okay. sense that it was another opportunity lost. And there's still the chance for people to say, we didn't lose. We still got the draw. There's still hope. And there's still a chance for people to cling on to some semblance of idealism amid this terrible situation. But the fact of the matter is, this is our best chance at winning a football match until the end of the season. I strongly believe that. West Brom are an awful side. And we saw that in the first 45 minutes. And we played well. But we didn't get the killer second goal. And that's what kills teams in elite competitions like the Premier League. Yep. And we'll play a lot of football matches towards the end of the season. I'm, I'm not in any doubt that what we have 18 matches left. That's a lot That's right. of seasons ago. That's right. We won't, we won't face an easier match. And I firmly mm-hmm. believe that. 
And the more we pass up opportunities, like last week against Brighton or yesterday against West Brom, we're putting more pressure on ourselves. Now we have to go beat six more teams with no margin of error. And there are six teams I think we could possibly beat, right? We'll talk about it later. But I think it's yeah. like the Palace, Sheffield United, Newcastle, um, maybe Leeds, Burnley. You know, t- teams are, who are you know, in, in the table, not necessarily in the relegation dogfight around us. We literally cannot afford just to draw because then we're forced to win against the United or a City sure. or an Arsenal, right? So we have such a big task ahead of us. And the fact that we drew this most winnable match of the season, <clears throat> thanks, thanks to a second-half collapse, is inexcusable. And, I mean, the same problems we're going to talk about later in much more detail. Yeah. We, don't, we don't have a clinical striker to finish off chances, right? Mitrich came back. He played well. But who did the chances fall to? Decadova Reed, Lookman, Loftus-Cheek. And Decker Reed is great for maybe one goal, but he's not the one who can get you know two in a game or really kill a game off. We know that. He's not a Premier League top striker, you know? We don't have that. And then there was no togetherness in that second half. Once a goal goes down, heads dropped, where's the centrum, where's the people in central midfield making chances? As Emilio was saying off air, who's the one playing that killer pass? It's not there. And that to me is, you know, we can talk all we want about, yeah, there are probably six winnable matches left. And we probably, you know, we need to win all six. Mm-hmm. Can this team, and I was saying this to Dan Crawford in the Hamian chat. He's very optimistic, more than I am. I said, Dan, I understand there's I six winnable matches. On the show. <laughs> I said there's six winnable matches. But can you convince me that this team we saw draw Brighton and draw West Bromwich Albion can win six more football matches for the rest of the season? I don't okay. believe they can. I'll I want to believe it. They, they can't, Ross. They really just can't. Okay. Okay. Excellent stuff to start us off. Emilio? I'm going to I'm going to call right now. I think it's Angry Emilio. So I put on Angry Emilio here. So give me your thoughts. Is it Angry Emilio? I am. I am angry. Okay. I am angry. It's uh, I've been defending the team for the last few months, last couple of months. They're getting better, more difficult to beat, grinding out some very credible results against top six opposition. But I've always I've been saying for the last few weeks, judge us against the teams around us. Win those two games against Brighton and West Brom. And then you believe what I'm saying. But actually, we failed to win both those games. We deserve nothing against Brighton. And I thought we, I wouldn't say we hung on against West Brom. I don't think we, we deserve to win that game yesterday on 90 minutes. On chances, first half, yes. But how many, got, how many saves did the keeper make? Far too casual, too arrogant, too wasteful in front of goal. And to Max's point, if we had a true striker, we would have been 3-0 up, game over. And then you can, you can grab the three points and then start, you know, resting maybe a couple of plays in the second half and, and, and prepare for the Leicester game. But if you don't take your chances, you know, you're going to pay the price for it. It's the first time we scored two goals in a game since, what was it, Leicester away a couple of months ago. That's and right. Still, and it still wasn't enough to beat the easiest away game in the division this season to Max's point. So I am angry. Two points dropped. The Brighton game was always going to be a little bit more harder. So if we would have got four points returned from these two games, I think we would have accepted that. But we're running out of games. And I keep saying, win six games, we'll stay, we've got a very good chance of staying up. But two of those six games, we haven't won. So <laughs> there's less six games to win from. I still think we'll talk about that in, a sec- in the second half yep. of this year. But I'm angry for the arrogance of the players being wasteful in front of goal. Too casual. Even after half an hour, when you saw a couple of chances not, not going in, press and press and press and press them for 45 minutes, kill the game off. Just, you I know, completely let's agree. Up. They weren't ruthless enough. You know, let's protect the one 0 lead. We'll go in the second half. But anyone knows, and I'm no, I'm no football manager, but you're expecting a, a Sam Allardyce tactical change. He yeah. did that immediately, and Absolutely. it made a difference. And I applaud him for making the change because they were absolutely awful in that first half. And to be honest, I'd argue they deserve to be two one up. 
They wanted it more. They wanted that game. Well, more. it was effort, honestly, in those first 15 minutes of the second half, Emilio. It was effort. You know, you know they, they, who wanted it more? When they yeah, got that, who wanted that, it more? Exactly. When that equalizer went in, they had believed. They said, you know what? We can go on and win this game now. And it could have been 3 1 if that chance just, just went by the post. That would have been game over for Fulham. It would have been an absolute humiliation. And it, but we managed to claw back, got the draw. But overall, it's, it's that first half that was, that for me was so Fulhamish. Total dominance. And yet it wasn't enough to win the game. And that's because of the arrogance, wastefulness in front of goal, no clip, no striker, and just, just not pressing enough, especially that last 15 minutes. Stop bloody, excuse my French, passing the ball around. Go one way, go forward, go forward, go forward and attack it. You're, you've got them on the back foot, but we let, we let them back in the game and you've got to blame the players and also tactics as well. Yep. You know, so, so I am, I am angry because that's the easiest two points that we've dropped all season. Okay. And I understand where you, both of you guys are coming from. And that goes back to the title of the show. Fulham do not know how to win. I think mm-hmm. that's pretty self-evident. They need to figure out how mm-hmm. to win because they're not, like you said, Emilio, back to what you said. They are not taking advantage of a team when they when you are in the ascendancy. You need mm. to, you need to go full throttle at them. You need yeah. that second goal, and they were not aggressive enough during that period of time. So now it's time for what I'm calling Russ's rant. I'm bringing this back because I've got my own rant on this. It, it obviously involves the match, and we'll talk about the rest when we talk about the second half of the show. But everything that you guys were talking about with the play. I agree with because, again, you have this opportunity in front of you. You're up 1-0, and the approach should be aggressiveness. Instead, it was – I don't know if I go to arrogance where you said, Emilio. I just don't think it was to the point where you needed to be taking it from them to them. You were still reacting to them, Emilio, if that makes Mm -hmm. sense. You you were still playing the same style, the counterattacking style. They were giving you the ball, but it was still – like you said, it was just passing back and forth. You were not aggressive enough. And when you had your opportunities, as you said, Emilio, you weren't ruthless enough. But why I am in the other category from you guys, we'll talk about this in the second half of the show. I've not wavered on my belief in this team. I've already seen uh, comments saying that we have the same total that we had two seasons ago. Yes, but this is not the same team. My eyes tell me this is not the same team. The reason why I'm encouraged, believe it or not, is those first 30 minutes because I could see the potential there. I also could see that, believe it or not, I think Mitro can play in this style. I I think it was proven that he can make a difference. What an incredible pass to to set up the goal. He was actually playing as a team member. He was a team player in that match. Now, in the second half, like you said, Emilio, certainly he did not have the opportunities. And a lot of that had to do with West Brom. But what I saw from this team in those opening stages convinced me not only this and what Max said, and we'll talk about this later on, where are the six wins going to come from? Why can't they beat Leicester City again? Why can't they beat West Ham United? They should not fear any team. They keep proving it. Now, to Emilio's point, they dropped the ball with these two matches. They deserve nothing against Brighton. And, you know, as Emilio said to me, Emilio, you're right. They didn't deserve to win because they did not take their chances. But you know what? They have proven that they can play it with anyone. The trick for them will be, and this is what we could talk about later, can they beat the teams around us or even mid-table teams? Because that's what they're going to have to do. They're going to have to learn to do that. They're going to have to learn how to win. 
And if they can do that, and then maybe the manager changes things, tweaks things with his style a little bit to play against teams like this. Because, again, we were still playing the same style, guys. He should have, in my opinion, played a more aggressive style on the front foot. He did not do that. He stuck with what has been going since he was playing all the bigger clubs. Why not have a different approach against teams around you? He did not. He stuck with the three at the back, the five at the back, whatever way you want to say it. That was a part of this because I think that sets you up to be more defensive. At times, they need to be more aggressive, and they weren't. And I can put that on the players, but I can also put that on Scott Parker. But I hope that they learn from this, and maybe Scott Parker not just takes a look at the player, but analyzes what he's been doing in his staff and say, you know what? We need to change things. We need to be more aggressive in certain matches. They did it the first time against West Brom. Why can't you do it again? He did not. He set them up to beat them on the break, and they were doing that, and it was beautiful. But the thing about it is it still wasn't on the front foot, guys. We'll agree with that. So my thoughts on this is am I disappointed? Absolutely. But I see a path to Fulham staying in this division. I'm not changing my mind on it, and I'll make my argument in the second half of the show. Okay. Uh, yeah, and I think on that point, I think I've said it time quite a number of times on this on these shows. I think we play better against the teams where there's less pressure. That's right. We, teams that press us. We saw you know a bit of West West Brom second half. They pressed us. That's you know, right. The teams we press us. We struggle. You're right. Brighton twice. Southampton pressed us. We you know we we didn't look like conceding often, but we didn't look like scoring either. We let. We don't lack. We had lack quality in creating opportunities when teams are pressing us and not giving us space. I think we play better when when teams haven't got much to play for. So maybe playing Wolves, Leeds United at home are easier games than playing teams at the bottom who are fighting for their that, lives. I think that's where I'm going on this, Amelia. Yeah, you know, I'm saying trying to stay optimistic here, but if you reflect on the points that we've grabbed this season, the draws. We've performed better over 90 minutes against the so-called better teams. That's right. We struggle to grab points and close games off against the teams around us. You know, two games against Brighton, Sheffield United in the season. Again, daylight robbery. We, we dropped two points there as well. Did the same again yesterday. If that was another team, I actually think we would have had enough confidence to close those games out. But, you know, it's various factors here that's contributing to our downfall. But it's, you know, it's, it's looking perilous. It's looking perilous at the moment, and you know, we can't keep. We're running out of games. That's my worry. We're running out of games, and we can't say, "Okay, move on." Two games, we've not won. Let's go forward to Leicester City. You, there's only so many games you can look forward to, and it's, you know, we need points on the board. The table doesn't lie. Now, and I said people keep no. saying it time and time again. There's point. The table doesn't lie. No, I totally agree. That's going to lead me to just get right to it, guys, and then we'll break down the match in about 10, mm. 15 minutes time frame. We'll break it down. Max, to you, biggest takeaway from the match, it might have already been in your opening statement. What What is the biggest takeaway to come from you as we look at this uh, 2-2 result? Yeah, the most, the biggest takeaway for me is how worrying the first 20-odd minutes of that second half were. Okay, that's because a Because I think we can all agree the first half, I can even push back against you, Russ, in terms of the aggressive nature. I thought we were very aggressive first half. And we created more chances than I've seen us create in the last, you know, four matches combined. But it was on the counter. It was on the counter. That's that, that to me doesn't really matter. I'll be honest. Okay. The chances are chances. I don't care okay. if they're on the counter or not. But I mean, deck it over to hit the post. You know, Lookman might have had a penalty. Like we were creating good chances. That weren't just. It didn't feel to me like we were paying passively. I don't know. But okay. more to my point, the second half, 
what I've always liked about Parker's teams is that, you know, once the setback happens, they've seen the fight back, right? And we did see that towards the end. Yeah, we but did. Absolutely. I was so worried when that first goal went in, and it was such a shock because we'd so thoroughly dominated that first half. And West Brom were so completely out of the match that no one saw it coming. You know, as I saw, I mean, man, the commentator said, oh, this is setting up perfectly for a game of two halves. But I thought it was just him trying to keep up the excitement of the match because realistically, West Brom were nowhere near that match. They were nowhere near the Hawthorns. They could have been, you know, halfway around the world. There were no attacking threat to us. And as soon as they scored that, I expected Fulham to pick their heads up and say, right, let's just pick up where he left off. This changes nothing. Let's play our football. We were asleep. And I, I honestly have not seen us play that badly all season in, in the next 15 minutes that followed when we then shipped the second goal. And as Amelia mentioned, could have shipped the third goal. Absolutely. Right by. And it was a team sleepwalking. And at that point, you look for leaders. I didn't see a leader on the pitch. I didn't see a, a game plan on the pitch. No. It's almost the manager had no say. Well, and we're talking about that. When we, it's almost like we completely blacked out in yep. 20 minutes. And things like that, that, that to me is the most worrying sign. Is because, okay. yes, I know we can create chances. We showed that. I'm, I'm a bit worried we can't finish chances, but maybe hopeful. But I, we cannot have stretches of the match where you simply go missing the entire 11 players. <laughs> no game plan already gotten to the manager because that's what that was. Yep. Then we kind of found our way with the Cavalier goal. But yep. I am so worried. What if that happens again? We, we can't, again, my main thing is we have to play perfect the rest of the season to stay up. Essentially perfect. Well, we have and, to play like the great escape, yeah. to be honest with you. And one thing is, listen, we have a big sample size. We have, you know, 20 matches played. We've yep. won two. I see people in the comments and I see you guys both saying we can play with anybody. Yeah. You know, we can beat any team in the league. How have we only won two matches the entire season if, we, if you really believe we can beat any team in the league? I think we're playing decently. I don't see anything in this team that can win six more matches in this current state. We've won two all season. We've played 20 games. I don't know what people are – what kind of transformation are you expecting? Please tell me because I want, I want to hear it. I want to hold on to some hope. I just don't see it. Okay, well, Max, to be honest with you, and it's funny because someone tweeted, well, Russ, tell me how they can do this. Well, I think it's going to be a team effort that includes the manager. The manager is going to have to change things, in my opinion. He's going to have to, in certain matches, change his style to a more aggressive style of formation that is more on the front foot if he does that. And we see the parts of Mitro that I thought were very good yesterday, the team player, but again, we need to see that other side of his game, the goal scorer. He's there to score goals. My thought is that it's coming. Now, I could be wrong about that, but I think he got some confidence in this match. I think the goals are coming from Mitro. But not only that, the way he got other teammates involved encourages me that <clears throat> these two goals that we scored won't we're going to be seeing more of that than the one goal because that to me the passing looked to me just so crisp and I'm thinking if they can do that in the upcoming matches they're going to be fine so that's where I'm going on this is that the passing was there the the finishing isn't if they get the finishing right and if the style I think against certain opponents changes with Parker with with some of his tactics I think I actually think we will survive, and I'm going to continue to say that, Max. That's why I am. I'm looking at the first 20, 25 minutes as very encouraging to me. You gave the, you gave the other side of it, which I completely agree with you. Who but, are we playing, though, Russ? We're playing West Brom. <laughs> we're playing as well. We're playing West Brom. We're not playing Liverpool or Arsenal. We're playing. No, West that's true. That's we true. Need to put that into context as that's well. True. But Emilio, we did this against Liverpool too. But we didn't. We didn't take the chances. Uh, it's okay. it's the same. We're going back around and around in circles. It's the same story. You play well, don't know how to score. Yeah, 
and this is a problem. And my takeaway, well, there's two takeaways, positive and negative. I think I'm Go going ahead. To the positive, we're not going to get another striker in before the transfer win. I think it's inevitable we're not going to get anyone in. If we do, I'd be surprised. So why? Supposedly the best striker. So Parker, stop complaining and find a way of utilising him. He looked good first half. I thought he, he did too. Familiar. Hungry. He needs service as well. And that's, you know, that in the second half, he got zero service. Um, the negative for me, and this is probably over the last two games, we're starting to make a few defensive mistakes that weren't, in, weren't evident in the preceding big games. You know, Man United, it was a, a great Pogba goal to win the game. Chelsea, you could argue Robinson let a tie down by getting sent off. Yep. But look, against Brighton. Brighton, we were given the ball away cheaply. It's thanks to their poor finishing that we came away with a point. And yesterday... Those crosses into the box, left and right flanks, it's far too easy. You know, yep. we look a bit disorganised to me. I thought we were, players are playing in makeshift positions. Bobby Decker well, Dorit. Max said it was sleepwalking. Yeah. And, I, and I agree with him. You know, too easy balls. You know, far yep. too easy. To get, you know, they've got the ball in the danger area. Yep. If you get the ball into the six-yard box, anything can happen. A deflection, an own goal, a penalty. How often do we do that? Lookman, all that beauty, you know, all that silky skills. It's always outside the penalty area. Get that bloody ball into the six-yard box. Make the defence clear the ball. Quick, get corners. We're always trying to find 100 passes and basically do what Arsene Wenger's Arsenal team wanted. You want to walk the ball into the net. Be more direct at times. Yep. Like Harrison Reid, not pretty. He got the ball in the six-yard box. What did we do? We scored a goal. Exactly. West Brom, left and right. Two simple balls into the box. I'd argue both of them were a bit fortuitous. One had a deflection. Ina maybe should have, should have been stronger in that tackle. But they, they scored from both those chances. What do we do? We're trying to pass the ball from the halfway line and walk it in, blindfolded into the net. That's the reason why we are where we are. So that's my biggest takeaway is we're starting, a few mistakes are creeping in. We got punished yesterday and we should have been punished on Wednesday against Brighton. Okay. Okay. Yeah, very, very good. Good stuff from the two of you. All right. Let's just talk about this very briefly because I want to break down the match. I don't want to spend too much time on it. Max, your thoughts on the starting eleven? Any surprises for you there? Big thing, obviously, was Mitrich is back, which I was happy with. Other thing, you know, no Tete in the starting lineup. You know, to, what did to, you think about that? I don't know. It's it's tough to say. Deckard Overeed got a goal, massive goal. Um, you know, also squandered an opportunity. Should he be playing? Should it should it be Deckard Overeed right wing instead of Loftus Cheek, and then Tete right wing back instead of Deckard Overeed? It's a tough one to answer. I think next match I would go with what I just said with Tete starting okay. um, and Deckard of Reed right wing. I think Loftus Cheek had a very good first half, but didn't do enough. I think in terms of final. I mean, everyone knows end product is his issue, so yeah. I don't think he deserves to start again. And I think the I think Tete is a better right wing back than Deckard of Reed is in terms of his defensibility. How much do we miss Kearney? Oh, I think we miss Kearney a lot. I think we miss Kearney a lot for sure. I, I actually think Lamina. Been smiling right now. Yeah, I, th- I thought Lamina did well. Um. Uh, yesterday, but yeah, I think the line it, it was it was a good lineup, and the main thing is that we had a number nine and then Cavaliers on the bench. I think that's the big takeaway. <laughs> yeah. Although Cavaliers scores the equalizer, which is funny, we'll talk about that. A that's little a bit. good role for him, Russ. I have no yeah. problem with Cavalier off the bench. I think Cavalier can be a very effective bench player. He's just okay. not a striker number nine, so it's not no, Cavalier. No, we know that. Today. We know no that. Word. That's a good no point. Yeah. That's a good point. Emilio, your thoughts when you learned about the starting eleven? You saw about an hour before the match. What, what were your thoughts going going through your uh, mind? Not overly surprised, to be honest. I'm, if anything, I'm surprised to see Tet 
dropped or whatever, or tactically not playing, whatever you want. I would have dropped Aina, to be honest. I thought Aina was shocking against Brighton. He, he was one of our worst defenders on Wednesday night. I'm surprised he still got, he still started in, in that in that lineup. So I wasn't overly surprised. Obviously, everyone's speculating, will Mitchell play or not? We all, we're all crying out for it. He did the right thing. And I thought we were set up reasonably well in that first half. So for me, if you look at that starting eleven. We looked good. We looked organised. We looked threatening, and we've said it, you know, time and time again. We're not taking our chances. Yep. The other thing that's worrying me is players are knowing how to sniff or snuff out Lookman. Yeah, Lookman, that's a good point. Not, not not being affected the last few games. He's got that goal against Man United. He's, he's he's marshaled out the game. He's too lightweight. First and foremost, when he does get in a sort of half scoring scoring opportunity, he hasn't got enough strength in his shot. So it's just a like a a toe poke or like a side-footed pass to the keeper. I think he's 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 been found out in a way. As much as I love the player, when he's not firing on all cylinders, where's that spark? Where's that energy? Where's that threat? You know, give the West Brom their juice. You know, he was he was shielded off the ball second half, and maybe on another day, if he, if he fell over or cheated, as some of the commentators said for that, he would have got penalty. Stayed on his feet and got nothing from it. So I think I thought that was more of a penalty than it wasn't. But I worry about Lookman's. If he's not on firing all cylinders, we've lost that spark, that threat, which we had against all those big teams in all those other games leading up to up to Brighton, for example. What did he do against Brighton? What did he do yesterday? I, I, that's a worry for me as well, because he's your creative spark. And he is. He absolutely he is. Game, then where is that quality coming from? He absolutely is. Listen, guys, we have some really great comments. I'm just going to share them now because I, I think we should really talk about some of these comments. I'll just... Share a few of them. This is from Edward Seven. Defensive mistakes are creeping in like Emilio said. I agree. One player lately had a bad game defensively. And you're going to like this, Emilio. This is from our friend and co-host, Brendan Cronin. Cronin, <laughs> Emilio Dinell, absolutely spot on as usual. I try to yeah. be. I try to I, be. <laughs> and this is also from Edward. BDR is producing more from that position than, than mm. Ted, as you said, Emilio. And I, I want to share this one because, again, this is actually really good. To you, Max, I think you're going to appreciate this one. You ready for this? Cavs head is better than his feet. And honestly, that, that's a funny banterous comment. That's completely a great tactical analysis. In it my is. Mind. It's one it of the is. two goals he scored this season other than the penalty. It's a header against Spurs. It's a header yesterday against West Brom. He's a very good header of the ball. That's a difficult diving header. To equalize yes, it is. Yesterday. Yes, it is. But And, you know, and you, just... you know, Ross, one thing about the header, you can't head it off your own head twice. Like you can't off your two feet because you only yeah. one head. So that's the benefit for Calvin. Oh man! That's okay, true. that's actually very funny there, Max, and and very true by the way. That's true. <laughs> okay, great stuff, guys. All right, let's quickly break down this match because I really want to focus on the bigger picture that we'll be talking in just a, a few minutes, in about ten minutes. But let's break down the match and let's just talk about first half analysis. Emilio, I'll just go to you real quick. Let's just talk about how Fulham played in the first half. And, uh, you know, for the first several minutes, I, I thought both sides were feeling their way through it. Mm-hmm. But then I have to go right to the goal because, again, this to me was something that we saw over and over again in the first half. Unfortunately, we only saw one goal, and I think that mm-hmm. came back to bite fault. But let's yeah. talk about this because this to me, you know, and to Max's credit, in a way they were aggressive. I'm more talking about the approach after the goal, Max, where I just think that, they should really just be pressing them and going after them and maybe maybe just forcing their way for that second goal instead of being more, I guess you could say, um, 
patient and then just waiting for them to make a mistake. I thought Fulham just, when I say aggressive, I mean, I want them to be more on the front foot. Does that make sense? Like, yeah. like they're, they're creating from, from another club's mistakes. Do you, yeah. do you, do you get that, Max, where I was coming from on that? I, I do see what you're saying, but I think it were, I, I, I can't I can't say that we after we scored the goal, we just set up shop and thought – Oh, no, no. Oh, no, I don't think that, but I just wanted them to be like, just go at them, you know. But that's the – yeah, I, I can understand you're, you're feeling that way, but I felt like we did. I mean, okay. I don't really care what – what the tactics were because it resulted in many chances. I think we all agree. We should have been two or three nil up and like the commentators agreed and we watch that match agreed. So I would not criticize us in this match for, for lack of attacking. I, even, the bigger, even at the end of the first half where I thought, I thought maybe they settled a little bit into it. I, mean, I think that's where the crux is. I guess that's fair, but I think we, it's where it in reality, we should have had three goals, right? Yeah. We, had, okay. we were creating really good high quality opportunities. Okay. So that my frustration is not necessarily the tactics right then. It's with the players in the pitch not finishing. Okay. And, because and, the deck over Reed miss after his goal, the one where he's thrown goal and hits it off the left post. Well, it, right. That's, that's a really bad miss. And I can't. Uh, under, that I mean, was easier than the first one. In respect. 100% right. It actually, it actually was. So much time mm. because it, it was a really nice move. And credits him being in that position. You know, I'm yep. not going to criticize deck over Reed for all of it, but okay. you have to score that. I agree. I agree. And we're going to talk about that in a second. Emilio, your thoughts on the goal, and then we'll talk about all the missed opportunities because I think that's the only way that we can really talk about the uh, first half. Yeah, and I think, look, look at it. It started with a beautiful looping ball from Lookman, you know, in, in direct to your target man. What's his name? Mitrovic does what he does best. He held up well, but the difference between when Cavalera plays in there instead of Mitrovic is Cavalera doesn't look up. Cavalera just looks one-dimensional. One Mitrovic had time to look up. He saw Bobby Dekadori there and a beautiful layoff, good finish. That's a difference in quality. I know Mitrovic is going through his bad spell, but yep. that was Cavalero who held the ball well. What would he have done? He would have gone for goal. He wouldn't have looked around him. That's I mean, right. we, not scored a, we would not have scored from that opportunity. That's why you've got to play your most experienced striker and your best quality striker who you've got in your books. It's those moments that could be decisive in a game. Yeah, and, so, and he was there in that big moment. And it was his awareness as well. Yes. You know, Mitrovic has got a brain. He's not going, he's, like I said, just because he's not scoring goal doesn't mean he's not a clever player. He looked up, found a beautiful weighted pass, good finish from, from Reed, 1 0. And maybe I saw some of the comments here, maybe we did score a bit too early, but sometimes when you're playing against a team and it's too easy, I'd rather we have, we're game where it's a little bit more tighter and you have to work hard and keep possession. I thought sometimes it was fast because it was too easy we felt that we could be a little bit complacent. and maybe. Yeah, I think that's kind of where I'm going on this. Yeah, I thought it was a little bit too easy. I'd rather West Brom being less awful. The game might have been a little bit tighter, but I think actually we probably would have won the game. Or I think we might have been a little bit more clinical on those chances. I think, oh, we missed this chance. We'll get another one soon. We'll get another. It's it's a, That's where the arrogance I was saying at the beginning came. Okay. I actually thought it was far too easy for us. And, and maybe that's why we felt, you know, maybe we weren't being as clinical because we would have been a little bit too complacent in front of goal. That's actually a good point. And Max, I'll go to you because we've already talked about the miss from uh, Bobby Decadovery, but it just wasn't him. You know, it, there was several of them. And to your point, they were creating the opportunities. Maybe complacent is where I'm thinking about with, with Emilio, that they weren't – maybe that's the word that, that best fits how I felt at the time, that I thought that they should be more of ruthless. And mm. I don't think they were ruthless enough. They were trying, but maybe it just wasn't – it, it just didn't come off. I don't know. It's, it's, um, it's just how I'm wired. I, you know, again, 
I understand where Scott Parker is coming and it did work. His plan worked. I just, maybe I just really was focused on, I wanted a different formation in this match. Maybe that's where it's coming from that. I wanted a more aggressive style from the get go and his style worked, but uh, in the end, we only got a point out of it. All right. So let's talk about the missed opportunities. You already talked about the one from Bobby Decker, but you can also talk about Ruben Loftus cheek, but I also want to talk about this because, again, I heard Scott Parker asked about this. Should Fulham have gotten a penalty with Adam Ola-Lookman? Let's talk Mm -hmm. about this because I thought at the time they should have. So let's talk about it. Do you think Fulham should have gotten a penalty? Yeah, I I think it it was a penalty. The only issue is, you know, Lookman is too honest there. He took a shot. And and that's a complete indictment of the entire refereeing system. Absolutely. Because Lookman did the right thing, right? Obviously, he, I, I, in, this, in this case, he did. Yeah, I think it was a jai. He pushed him off balance. He knew he was beat. You know, look him try to cut back in, and a jai gave him a push. Now, what makes this? Why well, I don't think this was given for a number of reasons, but one reason is that a jai kind of pulled back his push. He didn't completely grab his shirt, and it was like a half push. So it definitely put Lookman off, and it definitely should have been a penalty. But it's not one I think that the ref can say is a clear and obvious error mm-hmm. because it wasn't as egregious as other things we've seen this season. That's my opinion. And then Lookman tries to make the most of the opportunity, which it is 100% the right thing to do, which is what every player should do. But, you know, as, you know, the pundits were saying, and as we all know, these days players are, be, are taught to go down for that reason exactly because it wasn't really even a conversation because the shot was off. Well, I can't blame him on this. Yeah. Because oh, no, I mean, I, 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 I completely can't blame him on this at all, Max. Yeah, yeah. Comple- I completely applaud him. I, I thought it was excellent. It's, but- just the, it's the way, like you said, the way that they are taught – they're taught to go down. It's funny because I remember watching Marcus Rashford early in his career and he wouldn't go down. What happens now? It's a different Marcus Rashford. I remember watching him in a match like maybe eight matches later and then all of a sudden I saw him go down. And I I, I have to have a feeling that someone said something to him that, you know what, you should be going down. You know, I never was in favor of all the times, you know, I know you hate when I do this, Clint Dempsey used to do it. I'll leave, you know, I'll say Josie Altador. One of the reasons why I never liked Josie Altador is that he always went down. It drove me nuts. Even for the U.S. men's national team, it drove me nuts. Anyways, over to you, Emil. Your thoughts. Should this have been a penalty? Yeah. I said it earlier before, you know, about 15 yeah. minutes ago, I said I thought it was a, it, it should have been a penalty. And if, if players are encouraged to, to fall over easily to yeah. get the penalty rather than stay on their feet and try to make the mess of the situation. But I'm look, I take it from a different perspective to what I was saying to Lookman, not strong enough. Should yep. he have done better? I don't think he was massively pushed. He was slightly off balance, but should he have done better? Again, this is his, I don't think he's physically strong enough. I, I'd argue he was still on his feet, albeit slightly off position, but he didn't get enough of a strength. He didn't get enough strength in that shot. So this is going back to what I was saying earlier about Lookman. Is in those crucial positions, you know, when he's when he's got someone around him, he's not strong enough. And, and, that, and that's a problem. And that, I thought his shot could have been a lot harder than, than the, okay, the keeper made a decent save, but I think it was a comfortable save from the keeper. But, and then to, I, I agree, Emilio. And even before that, when he had the ball on the breakaway, yep. I think he, he almost was through, and, yeah. but instead his touch took him almost from the right exactly. side of the pitch or the left. And that was the reason he had to cut back in the first place. Exactly. So it wasn't incisive enough. I agree. Exactly. There's things even before the penalty issue, which could have been. That's where I, I've always compared Lookman to Boa Morte 15 years or so ago. And it's just, you know, same type of player, creates a lot of, you know, opportunities. What Bo Morta had in the tank, he had goals. I haven't seen enough goals in Lookman yet. Okay. And Bo Morta had a lot of assists in that very free-flowing football that we were playing 15 years ago. So, and Bo Morta wasn't getting decisions when he kept going down because he was renowned for being a diver. 
There's been a few instances this season where Lookman's gone down a little bit too easy. I wonder if that's playing on people's on referees' minds as well. Just some, just food for thought. Just okay. Thought. Okay. Excellent, guys. Let's transition quickly to the second half. And we've already pretty much talked about what happened in the first 15 minutes of the second half. You have the first goal that, again, they were coming at us, and uh, you have a center back that scores, and uh, it was a very bad goal to give up. And then you're at 1-1. Then you have the second goal that, again, was infuriating to go down 2-1. to Where I want to take this, Emilio, I want to go back to you, and then I'll go to Max is I want to talk about, you and I talked about this off air, and I want to bring it to the show. The reaction, the substitutions, when mm. to make the substitutions. Sam Allardyce changed it at halftime. It changed the match. Mm. So you're a manager. What do you do at this point? Do you just go with what you're doing when you're noticing that the match has changed and maybe you should make a tactical change, bringing on a player, changing things up a little bit? Mm. Or do you just stick with what you have? Now, he stuck with it. They scored a second goal mm-hmm. to make it two to one, and then he made his substitutions, which I think changed things back in Fulham's favor a little bit. Then we get the second goal, and I think Fulham were went back to what they did at the beginning of the first half at the end of the match. So you have to ask yourself: the substitutions I think work for Scott Parker or Emilio, but they were reactive, and I think they were late. Let's talk about the substitutions. Because I think that he should have made it. You and I talked about this. You said to me he should have made it after the first goal. Yeah, on the hour, latest on the hour, to be honest. Although, you know, the first few minutes, we're expecting their big fella to, to come on at half time. But as I was saying earlier, it's it was a width they were getting. They were getting a lot of space, you know, out wide. If if Kenny Tett, for example, was their more natural fullback than Bobby Decatori, maybe that, you know, maybe those the second goal wouldn't have been. It's just little things. It's, it's fine margins, and we keep going on about that. Yep. But Scott Parker, I've been a little bit critical of him in recent games. That his tactical decision making has been a little bit just too slow. Or he's brought on Kamara instead of Mitrovic in some games. I just thought yep. it's one-one. West Brom looking more dangerous. They're getting a lot of the ball. Tighten up. Change it. Go back to Parker ball. Get your foot on the ball and start getting back into the game. But he, he persevered. Didn't make the change. Marks, by the way. You know, it's you know. And I agree that they did when they changed the catch, they changed the game when they came on. But it, I'd have rather we change it when it was one-one. When I was sending, I was messaging a few yeah. people to change it for goodness' sake. I was actually saying controversially take Lookman off on the hour because he was he was not in the game. Put someone else on who won't be marked two against one. So we had one player on the pitch who had basically no space. So okay. give West Brom credit for that. But we, you know, we Parker should have made a change on the hour one-one. And then you can go chase a game when you're one all rather than trying to come back from a two one deficit. So I am critical. It's Parker's been a little bit reactive in recent games rather than trying to be proactive and stay on the front foot and trying to find a way to win win the game. But right. it's good reacting when you're two one down. You should have done it before. The, the warning signs were there, and it could have been three one. And that's the thing; it right. could have been three one, and we hung on. So it's Parker. You've got to start learning. Stop being conservative, and be taking a few more risks. This was a game to take risks. Believe in your squad. And go exactly. and win that game. I've said the word bloody three or four times now, but you know, it's go and win that game. And you know, I don't think I don't think you had enough balls to make the tactical the change when it was okay. needed. Okay, and it's funny that you say that because I saw a tweet and I retweeted this from Jack Collins from the Formish podcast. And Jack's a good guy, and Jack has some good analysis. And uh, I I don't have the tweet in front of me, but I think he was talking about that Parker wants to play risk free 
And, mm. But at times you need to take risks to win yeah. matches. And that is the difference here. I think that also goes back to my whole thing with aggressiveness, Max. I, I don't know. But it it really is about him. You know, again, the makeup is to play conservatively the way he is. But, you know, I, it's, ag- it's aggressive sometimes. But it really is more reactive. As Emilio said, his approach is more reactive than proactive. I wish he'd be more proactive. That's where I'm going on mm. that. But. But Max, I want to go to you and feel free to share your thoughts on this as well. But I want to get your thoughts on the equalizer because the equalizer comes, you know, it kind of came out of nowhere, but what a pass for Marison Reed. And as we say, Cavalier scores a goal. Yeah, I mean, it was honestly a bolt from the blue. I would not have thought that the, it was a two I substitutes. I didn't to be see fair, that. right? Parker yeah. put on those two subs. Might have been too late. You can argue, but they combined yeah. for the equalizer. They absolutely did. And it was, it was a period, you know, it was – all right, 50 minutes to go, I said, listen, this is our season right here. You know, we need two goals. Who's going to step up? Who's going to become a hero in the squad? Cavalero. Yeah, and it was Cavalero, so we all thought. I, was, I joked down to him. Um, I mean, we were halfway there. That's the thing. It's If that goal hadn't gone in, we would have been even more negative today. Yep. Not only would we have gotten zero I, points, but Strom's ahead of us. So as much as, I, as, much as we were all so bitterly, yeah, exactly. as much as we were all so bitterly disappointed by the draw, yep. this averted an absolute meltdown. So we're thankful for that. And as you mentioned, that's a superb cross from Harrison Reed. You know, in a team where we've mentioned there's a lot of creativity lacking, perhaps yep. with the passing ability, could Harrison Reed be someone to unlock a defense? I didn't necessarily think he had that in his locker. That was a mm-hmm. tremendous bit of skill. And again, full credit Show to Cavalero. I want to yep. say it again, that diving head of the ball, skipping off the ground, it's, it's a tough surface. That's a great goal. So it is. Just needed can't that. deal with the feet. Can't do with his feet, but I really like Cavalier as an impact sub, and I think well, that's his best role. For point, Max. I think in a way, maybe that is his role. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Right. I th- yeah, because yeah. it doesn't to start from the off, but he's not totally awful that he doesn't deserve a place in the team at all. So I think yeah. it's it's a nice compromise. Yeah, I think they're all frustrated. In you know, Cavalier Reed, okay, great, you know, great, excellent, you know, ball into the six sub. Why aren't we doing that even when it's 1-1? Or why aren't we doing that when 1-0? Change it a bit. You know, this is the thing. We have to get that ball in that six-yard box. And nailed it. Force the defenders to, to clear the ball, get corners, potentially get penalties. That's where you're going to get your... your That's actually taken. So throw it in there. Why not? Do what Cross it in there. West Brom, two goals. What do they do? Six-yard box. They score from both of them. We, yep. we put one ball into the six-yard box. We scored from it. Be more direct. Be more aggressive. Don't try to walk the ball in 100 passes when See, you're one more up and one more down. I, I think it's too patient at times for their yeah. own good. And that's why when I saw that tweet from Jack, I'm like, Jack Jack got it spot on. He yeah. really did. Because I think part of this is on the players and part of this is on Parker. That, you know, again, they have a certain approach. It's time at, at times to change that and be mm-hmm. more aggressive. And and I'm just going to share this comment because then I want to move on, guys, to what what I want to finish up the show on. This is from from my friend. If you want to stay up, you cannot play risk-free. I agree with that because, again, we can't just draw all these matches. It's not enough, and that's the point. At some point, you have to win. And um, I, I think that's going to be the crux of our discussion moving forward, guys, is how do Fulham win? Because right now they don't know how to win. That's how I, I started the show. They don't know how to win, guys. So that's going to lead to talking about which side of the fence are you on? I, I think you guys have an idea of what side of the fence I'm on. 
And uh, I actually tweeted out a poll, and uh, I'll share that in a little bit. But Emilio, I'll go to you first, and I think I have an idea where you fall on this. So are you full of hope or full of despair? This isn't glass half full, glass half empty. After this draw, where are you on this? Uh, Do you feel that relegation is going to happen, or do you think Fulham can survive? So where do you fall on this? And then, and and if you're watching live, we want your comments on this because this is going to be the second half of the show. This is really the topic. Do you still believe Fulham can survive, or does this re- result convince you the club will be relegated? Where do you fall? And I'll share the poll results in, in just a few um, minutes. You know, everyone who watches us week in week out will know I'm a glass half full person, a it's grounded, fun. a grounded fan, a grounded you know, feedback. Against Brighton, I, I said that glass was getting less half full. For me, it's in the middle now. It's not half full. It's not half empty. Bank, it's 50-50 now. I actually think it was 75-25. Against Brighton, it was 60-40. Now it's 50-50. So it's, it's a downward trend. You know, if we it's good performances against the likes of Man United, Chelsea, Liverpool are okay. They're, they're bonus points. These two games, we, we failed to get a win in either of them. I'm, I'm very nervous now. We've only got 18 games. And I, me and Chris Davison were having discussions off air, you know, offline last 24 hours. And, you know, I agree there are enough games to win, but we keep saying a minimum six wins that we need to achieve. And we haven't done that. In, we've only done two in 20. So we need to find six, one in three, basically, to win, to give us a chance, not to guarantee, to give us a chance. Those games are running out. The, the games you'd think you're capable of winning, we're not winning. And we, we you know, that, that's my worry. So, it's not over till it's over. Okay, it's not over till the fat lady sings. Let's be very clear. There's enough games there that we can win, but yep. how much longer? You know, we keep saying, get some momentum, more difficult to beat. We're not scoring goals. We're not killing games off. It's it's not enough. 18 draws isn't going to keep us up this, you know, the next 18 games. We need to start winning some games and there are enough games there to be won, but I'm I'm progressively feeling more nervous. Okay. We're not doomed yet. We're not doomed yet. Okay. And I have a ton of comments, and I'll be sharing them while we do this. But I, I just want to share the poll so far that I've done on the Cottage Talk Twitter page. And it's 179 votes. I, I did it kind of late, but it, it's a good sampling size. Right now, does this result yesterday for Fulham convince you that the club will be relegated? Yes is at 71%, guys. No is at 29%. So – Max, over to you. Where do you fall on this? I think I, I think you've already kind of said where you fall on this, but uh, feel free to talk a little bit about this, and I'll start sharing some comments what the foam supporters think, and then I'll share my own thoughts on it. I mean, yeah, it gives me no pleasure to to say we're going to go down, but that's what I believe right now. I desperately yeah. want us to stay up. Uh, you know, you look at the six matches which we identified, um, and they're winnable. You know, these are teams which, as you guys have mentioned might not have as much to play for given their mid-table, right, towards the end of the season. It's not going to be a relegation dogfight. I've got the, the names up here. We've got the likes of Sheffield United home, Palace away, Leeds home, Wolves home, Burnley home, Newcastle home. On paper, you know, those matches do sound winnable. Yes, they do. The flip side is, and this is a side I am leaning towards because I think it's the side grounded more in reality, is that we've won two matches out of 20. That's a rate yes. of 1 in 10. We need six from 18. That's a rate of one and three. Hmm. When you put it that way, it's a massive improvement. And we've tried to outline the ways we think we can improve. And I think, Ross, the most convincing argument, which you mentioned, is Parker changes style. Yes, and that, to all- me, 
But, but I think we'll be I, I don't see that happening right away. Okay. I and I'm going to share a comment. This is from my friend, Steve Reynolds. Yeah. And I call him the foam fart. Foam fart here. If Parker changes style, we can maybe make it. He has to be more positive and take chances. This has been my argument through the entire show, Max. I agree, but I think that's realistic. I think Parker and Stuart Gray, you know, Matt Wells, they like this style. I know they do. Which is why I'm doubtful they're going to go for a change because, to be clear, this style has given us the best fighting chance of playing like a Premier League team for the first time, what, since probably 2012 or 2013 season, right? We look like a Premier League side right now in the sense we can stick with matches and stick with teams. You don't get blown away, but we're not getting wins. That's the issue at hand. Another thing I'd say is, you know, we've laid out the six matches, which I think are winnable. Yep. The reason I'm, you know, leaning towards us maybe not staying up is because let's say we just draw one of those matches. Then we're forced to win against a big team. You know, then we're forced to win against a city. And that, that to me is what makes it so unlikely is there's literally no margin for error. We've completely screwed away the margin of error in the past week by drawing Brighton and West Brom. I understand, but why that, are you already looking past Leicester City, who actually is losing 3-1 to one right now to Leeds United, and West Ham, who I think Fulham know how to play against, and I think Fulham can beat. So why are we all – because where they are on the table, I'm throwing that out because I've seen evidence that Fulham can play against both these teams. And Fulham beat Leicester City. So who's to say they can't do it again? See? That's half full. That's that's half full, Russ. We we couldn't. I'm I'm trying. I'm not going to curse this episode because you know bad bad for look. But we couldn't beat West Brom. We couldn't beat West Brom. Why are we thinking we can beat Leicester City? We have because we have. We beat we beat West Brom at the cottage first half of the season. We couldn't beat them yesterday. This team just doesn't know what it takes. It's the title of the episode. I agree with it. I'm yet to be convinced we're going to see something something else. But I'd love to be wrong. I'd love to be wrong. Okay. All right. Well, my thoughts on this is. And I will continue to feel this way. I'm in it, and you know, it's funny. Someone already tweeted this. I'm in it until we're mathematically eliminated, and uh, I'm there with them because one, I just see a completely different team. Max, you've already said this. I know what you're saying, and the big crux is can they turn these draws into victories? I completely agree with that. But this is, you know, and again, the table doesn't lie as, as Emilia said because we have the same exact point that we were two years ago. And I'm telling you, I didn't feel like this two years ago. I didn't feel that they had a shot at all in staying in the division. Now I'm thinking that they that they can, and I still feel that way. But ultimately, like we're talking about, a lot has to change. They're going to have to take advantage of their opportunities much better. And I also think that Parker is going to have to change things up and not be so rigid in the way that he has the team set up. I think he's going to have to change his formation and be more proactive and, as Emilio said, less reactive. He, you know, you didn't say less reactive. I'm, you know what I mean, Emilio. We're talking about him being reactive. I think he needs to be more proactive. If these things happen, I think Fulham are going to survive. And I have proof of it. I have complete proof that this is po- uh, possible. And uh, I'm, I'm I'm going there, guys. The great escape proof okay. to me all. The great escape proof to me, it is possible. And, and that, was, that was late. And that was, that was very late. Yeah, it's, you know, we keep saying, and we always keep saying, Okay, we'll bounce back. We'll get a win next game, but it's we're running out of these games. <laughs> yeah. There's ten games since you know we beat Leicester City away, and I agree with that. But yeah. we haven't beaten Brighton at home or away. We haven't beaten Southampton at home. Right. You know, we've had some tough fixtures in between there as well. But it's we're running out of game. We've also give credit to the opposition. We're you know for us to stay up, we're also relying on other teams to drop points. Yeah. Let's be clear. Yeah. It's, it's out of our hands now. That's we're not. Very true. We need help. You're right. We push on. We have to catch up. 
before we can push on. That's a that's a worry. Then look at that gap. How many points are we away from? Okay, Brighton are fourth from bottom. Four, yep. were there four points ahead of us? Four points right now. And so that, that target is achievable. West Brom will think, well, actually, they can get Brighton as well. So we haven't got to worry about Fulham. We've got to worry about West Brom and Jalbino behind us, who might get some confidence from yesterday's game. Sheffield United are on the up. They've, you know, I think they'll, they'll survive, but they will feel they, they've still got something to fight for. But you have to rely on Wolves to drop points, Palace to drop points, Burnley to drop points, Newcastle to drop points. There's too many ifs. That gap is too. If we were level pegging, there's four or five teams with one or two points different. We're four points from safety, and we're then eight points from the next team above. That's extremely worrying. That's that's where I, I, I'm more leaning towards. It's all it's all possible. There's enough games to win, but it's all ifs. If we've only won one in ten, you've got to start winning one in three, and expect Newcastle not to pick up two wins. So put the theory: we win six games. Yep. That's another eighteen points. That's what eighteen plus four. That's thirty-two. Right. Newcastle will have to win three of the next 18 to be on 33 points. Do you see my point? So yeah, they've also got to lose significantly as well. Burnley have got to lose significantly. Brighton, there's too many. This, it, the gap is worrying me. That's, that's where I'm finding the problem. Okay. Not much we're not able to win the games. We're having to rely on other people to go <laughs> to an extreme. You're right about that, Emil. It's a, it's a fair point. I'm going to share this. And again, I'm just going to read this from my phone. This is uh, from our friend Chris Davidson in Spain. He sent this to me and I, he told me I could uh, share this with everyone. So I'm going to share this. He actually messaged me this on Messenger, which is great. This is from Chris Davidson, Spain. We've drawn seven out of our last nine. Yes, draws no good, but it's fine margins between a draw and a win. A deflected goal managed two yesterday. Talking about West Brom. The width of, of a post, Bobby Decadovery, a clearance off the line, et cetera, et cetera. We are not that far off. Get a win. It breeds more confidence. There really is not that much wrong, not that much needs changing. Wins will come, and if Brighton lose today, we're one point closer to safety than we were last week. That's from Chris Davidson. Max, what are your thoughts about that? Yeah, that's true. We are one point closer to safety, but we we missed the best opportunity to go, you know, above Brighton, perhaps getting two wins. So I just I keep going back to the latest opportunities this week, and you know, it's it's January you know, of 2021, you know, it's no longer early season. This is Fulham matured. This is a Fulham side which, who knows the team. We, we can't really complain about, you know, the transfers because they're yeah. not coming. The, the cons have failed in that regard in the January transfer window. But, you know, there's no point arguing that they failed. Moving on. The players we have are here. If this team can't beat Brighton and West Brom, I, I, I keep going back to that logic. If we can't beat a team directly above us and directly below us, why do we think we can beat the teams all the way up the table? When we've only won two matches all season, I keep going back to those facts. I think we're better those... suited to play those teams. Yeah, this is what I've said as well. I think you know. We no, are... you've said that. You I've think we're it, yeah. better suited to better play? Suited to get a draw against them. I agree. When the pressure, we have to win. But I don't see any. I don't see any wins. I don't see the wins yeah. out there, and they haven't been there. Okay. And this team has been playing together enough time in the last two months, while they're playing much better in August. Since that Leicester win. The team has been more organised. They know each other. It's been a fairly stable team, steady, you know, steady shape, and we have been more difficult to beat. But we have to start making it difficult to beat, and also converting chances and creating chances, converting and closing games off. Anything is possible. I'm still, I'm still thinking yep. there's a chance to stay. I'm not, I'm not all doom and gloom. Far from it. I just feel it's looking more perilous game by game. And those two missed opportunities in the last thirty-three days suggest to me that we have to up our game significantly to win. 
we played like we did in the, in the next 18 games, like we did the last two, it's curtains. Let's be oh, frank. Play okay. like that against oh. any team, you won't win minimum six. Oh. But if you play like against Man United, Liverpool, Tottenham, you can. Which Fulham team is going to turn up on the weaker? I think that's what I think. I think we're better suited to playing a team that's more technically better, but also oh. allows us to play the game, like Leicester City, Leeds United. They'll, these these open games, I think we'll be we'll be better suited. I see that's where I'm going on this to win them. We haven't got that winning man. Maybe we have to win ugly one game. Win an ugly game in the ninety third minute. But to Max's point, we have to win one of these matches, like like against Leeds United or against someone like Leicester. That maybe we're not thinking that that they're going to or even West Ham. You know, the, the, they need to beat these teams instead of drawing, as Max is saying. I'm going to share some comments to end the show, guys. This is from. Constantino, this is on uh, where they're thinking right now, their belief. This is from Edward Severn. Survive until it's mathematical. This is from our friend Chris Davidson, who I just mentioned. We can we, we can get six wins with a lot more draws. That will probably be enough. Let's see what else we've got here. This is from uh, Stefan Relegated with a better goal difference than we had last time we were in the Premier League. Oh, boy, that was terrible. And it might come to goal difference. It might be that extra point might help us. You know, at the end of the day, Keep conceding less goals might be yeah. a bonus point at the end of the season, but you know it's we took four, Chris Davidson. We beat West Brom, got four points off them, but that's one of two games that we've won. That's a thing, you know. We didn't beat Brighton. We have didn't beat Sheffield United. Yeah. We, you know, it, it, let's be realistic. We are where we are. We can't keep saying we will get better. We will get yeah. better. Might, we will get better, but yeah. we need to break that winning that duck. Win that first game, and there's there's hope again. There's there's belief, but. Until they do. Until they do. I can't see. We need a lucky win, a lucky 93rd minute penalty that we can score from. Whatever it may be, I don't care how we get it. That may change the course of our season. But okay. playing like we have done in the last two months, you're being organised, very t- you know, difficult to beat. But there's not enough there to show evidence you can go and win a game 1-0, 2-0 and close the game out. Like we did yesterday, first half. That okay. was your opportunity. Score the two goals, close the game out. Three points. Thank you very much. But we didn't do that. Okay, here's my question to end the show, and it's for Max. Max, how do I get Optimus Max back and get rid of Mad Max? What do they need to do? One win, Ross. I'm asking a question. What do they have to do to get you to be Optimus Max? We need one more win. We haven't won since November. The world has changed so much since. Think back to where you were in November. This is the last day of January. Let's just put that in terms of like weeks, okay? Yeah, I'm in university. I, I've gone to my last semester of university in the time since then. We've had a new United States president in the time since then. There have been probably five new coronavirus variants since then. We need to put this into perspective. We haven't won since November. It's going to be February tomorrow. That's, I'm, what, I'm, that's I, why I, I'm not optimistic. We haven't him. won a game in ages. I know, but I miss Optimus Max. I miss I him. We need a win, Ross. That's all. Give me a win. And I'll believe, literally, if we'd won today, I would have been like, yesterday, sorry, I would have been like, oh, this is it. I can feel new momentum. Well, let me ask you. Oh, I'm, they, I'm looking to find the grasp onto. Okay. Fulham Football Club would give me nothing. Not even a signing. Okay. Okay. Let me ask you. If they beat Leicester, do you just flip the switch? Or or do you need I mean, a yeah, couple more wins? No, 100%. If we beat Leicester, that's not even one of the six teams I've, I've apportioned for us to possibly mm-hmm. beat. I'd be 100% optimistic. Okay. I'm not okay. asking for – I mean, I'm asking for a lot, I know. But I just need a sense that this team is turning a corner. How do I, I how do I get to the club to, to to get through to them that I need this for to bring back Optimus <laughs> Max? How <laughs> good stuff there, Max. Emilio, before we go, I, I want to get your your thoughts on the show and then also um, 
where we are at this point. Yeah, and I think, you know, it's 20 games. You know, it's not like, like Max says, not two or three games. We've had a poor start. We've had 20 games to, to regroup, restructure, reshape, get new players in. We've, we've got a fairly settled starting 11. I still think the depth in the squad is a bit of a concern as well. So what we haven't covered off today is the likes of, you know, when Robinson got suspended for three games, yeah. I thought we missed him, even though he had a poor game yesterday. I didn't think he had a very effective game. You know, we've if if, if Anderson or uh, Tosin gets an injury, who we've got to look forward to? Oh, oh boy. We're, I'm we're, just saying, there's a yeah, lot that's of a good point. We've got to win games. Don't have suspensions. We have to stay healthy. We don't get any injuries. There's yeah. a lot of ifs here. I know it applies to the other teams as well, but our depth isn't good, isn't strong enough. So we're, we have to rely on a me- keeping a fairly steady squad for 18 games. We will win a game. It's inevitable. Newcastle yeah. expected to beat Everton yesterday. Maybe we can do the same against Leicester on Wednesday night. And that will give us more hope. I'm, like I said, I'm 50-50. I'm down the middle. Okay. okay. It will keep going downwards if we start to lose more games or not win enough games. Okay. Well, all of your ifs took my smile to this. So, <laughs> <laughs> good stuff, guys. It's been a great show, honestly, and a very difficult subject matter. But uh, I, I, I enjoyed that, Max. As always, thank you for joining Emilio and I. It's always fun to do a show. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's always the best to talk about something, get out of your system. And, you know, listen, you have all the people in the comments, all the people watching. I have you two great co-hosts. Even if we get relegated, we'll still have this full family. We're not going anywhere. Yeah. I try to take a step back sometimes because I'm getting very down about it. But yep. we've been in the championship before. It's not the end of the world. If anything, in some ways, it's more fun. So it's not all doom and gloom. And we'll still have the same core supporters with us when we're there. So, okay, excellent. Excellent. Good stuff. All right. Well, I think it is time to wrap up the show. We will have another show very soon, but let's wrap this up. For Emilio Donnell and Max Cohen, I'm Russ Cohen. Thank you as always for watching and listening to Cottage Talk. It's the 90th minute and all to play for at the end of the match. All your mates are around. You've got your McDougat share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? I know I'm in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.